Our New Testament passage today picks up in Revelation chapter 9, verse 1. And these are the angels blowing their trumpets. And the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth. Now, I saw a star fallen and he. So what is that star and what is a he? This is an angel. Remember the seven stars. Revelation 1. And he was given a key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. Now, I put BT over here. The bottomless pit, okay? BP, the bottomless pit. This is where Satan is put and held for a thousand years. This is a special prison. A special prison for some of the worst the worst fallen angels, the worst tormentors that there are. And they've been held there. You and I have never experienced those held in the bottomless pit. You see, you have to remember, not all the, that, not all the demons that fell are, are allowed to roam this earth. There are, there are demons that fell that have never been allowed loose on this earth because they are so wicked, so vile. He opened the shaft of the bottomless pit, and from the shaft rose smoke like the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened with the smoke from that shaft. There came from the smoke came locusts on the earth, and they were given power like the power of scorpions on the earth. Now, here in the Philippines, we, we've seen a few locusts, but not like the locust swarms that they see in Africa, where literally it's like a cloud. Okay, the only way to describe a locust swarm is like a cloud, a moving cloud. And if you ever want to look at something horrible, look up locust swarms in Africa. They, they have them right now. And see how people are just moving through them and swatting them away. And it's, it's like being surrounded by, you know, tens of thousands of these flying creatures. And this is what we're talking about here. Only these locusts have the power of scorpions on the earth. They have stingers. They are told not to harm the grass of the earth or any green plant or any tree. All right, remember, one-third of all vegetation already destroyed. One-third of all the vegetation is already destroyed. So they're told, no, you can't destroy any, any vegetation because you have to understand when these locusts come through, in just a matter of a few minutes, they can wipe out entire fields just because you're dealing with millions of them. But only those people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. So there will be believers during the Great Tribulation. Now, who are those believers? Well, you, got, you have to deal with the 144,000 evangelists. These are Jewish evangelists. See, the Jews will take the gospel to the world. During the tribulation, there'll be 144,000 Jewish evangelists that will sweep this world and preach the gospel. So there will be believers. There will be people born again during the tribulation. They were allowed to torment them for five months, but not kill them. So these scorpions sting people and torment people for five months, but not kill them. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings somebody. 
Now, I have never been stung by a scorpion. I have known people who have been stung by scorpions. And they tell me it is like a pain like no other. It just, it's just awful. And it doesn't ever let up. It just, it's a pain that comes and it stays. He said, they're allowed to torment these people for five months, but not kill them. And in those days, people will seek death, but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. So suicide, not a way out. Suicide is not, let's call it suicide is not an exit strategy. Suicide is not an exit strategy. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to kill myself and stop the pain. No, no, you won't be able to die. Now imagine that. Your freedom of killing yourself is gone. In appearance, the locusts were like, now please, sometimes you listen to this and you go, how can it be that people have so much pain that they want to die? Folks, I've met people that were in so much pain they wanted to die. Okay, I've been in hospitals where people were in so much pain. They wanted to die. These people will seek death and not find it. And somehow with all of the painkillers and all of the drugs in this world, none of them are going to work because they will torment people for five months. There, there will be no relief from this. This is, There will be no medicine. There will be no drug on earth that will dull this pain. In appearance, the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. And on their heads were what looked like crowns of gold. And their faces were like human faces. Now, before you think that's really, really strange. Well, let me finish here. And their hair like a woman's hair and their teeth like a lion's teeth. And their breastplate like breastplates of iron. And the noise of their wings was like the noise of many chariots with horses rushing to battle. Now, before you think these human characteristics are strange, look up on Google one day, uh, Killer Hornets. There's these new killer hornets that are now in different nations of the world. And when you look at a close-up of their face, it looks like a human face. So we're, we're, not, we're not dealing with strange things that are that strange. Remember, there are no signs of the rapture, but we see things preparing us for those days. They have tails and stings like scorpions, and their power to hurt people for five months is in their tail. Their power to hurt people for five months is in their tails. They don't bite people. They sting them with their tail like a scorpion tail. Now, you've seen a scorpion tail. If, now, you know I can't draw, let alone write, all right? But if a scorpion looks like this with its head and its body, the tail kind of curls around like this with the stinger right there. Now, the power to give pain for five months is in those tails. They have a king over them. The angel of the bottomless pit. And his name in Hebrew is Abaddon. And in Greek, he is called Apollyon. One translation says the destroyer. So there is a demon who is over all of these. The first woe has passed. Behold, two woes are still yet to come. Now you look at that and you go, my goodness gracious, this is awful and it's going to get worse. Yeah, it's going to get worse. The sixth angel, 
Now we're dealing with the sixth angel who had a trumpet. Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. Now, again, these are four demons imprisoned. Again, remember, not all demons have been loosed. These are four demons imprisoned at the great river Euphrates. So there are four demons that are held in prison on this earth at the great river Euphrates, and they will be released. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour, the day, the month, and the year were released to kill a third of mankind. These four demons kill four demons. These four demons kill a third of mankind. The number of mounted troops was twice 10,000 times 10,000 in number. I heard their number. And this is how I saw the horses in my vision and those who rode on them. They wore breastplates the color of fire and of sapphire and of sulfur. And the heads of the horses were like lion's heads, and fire and smoke and sulfur came out of their mouth. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by fire, smoke, and sulfur coming out of their mouth. By these three plagues. Three things. Three powers of this demonic horde released. Three things. Fire, smoke, and sulfur will kill one-third of all mankind still left on earth. For the power of the horses is in their mouth and in their tails, and their tails are like serpents with head, by which means many of them wound. Now, again, he is speaking to us in a, in a way that a human can comprehend. He said, listen, these, these demonic powers here, they, they look like a horse, with breastplates the color of fire, red, and reddish yellow, and sapphire. And the horses have heads like lions, with fire, sulfur, and smoke coming out of their mouth. And that's how, how they kill people. The power is in their mouths. That's how they kill. And in their tails, that's how they wound. So they kill with the fire, smoke, and sulfur coming out of their mouths. But they wound with their tails that look like snakes with heads. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues, now here, here's the thing we've been getting to, did not repent of the works of their hands. Wow. Did not repent. So they see all of this judgment. This is a refusal To repent. Nor, so they refused to repent of the works of their hands, nor did they give up worshiping demons. Now, now, please forgive me. Demons are killing them. Okay? The, these demons that came out of the bottomless pit were killing them. These demons that came here now with the sixth angel are killing them. And they worship what kills them. Now, before you think that's strange, think back to the old days of superstition in mankind, where they would worship a volcano that had killed their ancestors. Okay, People tend to worship that which seems more powerful than them. So this is not completely illogical, but it is rather stupid. Worshiping the demons that were killing them, 
hoping that in worshiping them, and you, you can see their logic, that in worshiping these demons, they would be spared. So they did not repent of the work of their hands, the worshiping of demons. Thirdly, the idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood, which cannot see, hear, or walk. Coming back to Isaiah, making fun of the people worshiping idols that can't see, hear, and walk. So we're going back to Isaiah. Nor did they repent of their murders, their sorceries, their sexual immorality, or their thefts. Now, this is a ten, one of the Ten Commandments. This is one of the Ten Commandments. This is one of the Ten Commandments. This was a death penalty in Israel. Witchcraft, sorcery. Now, look at that. They did not repent of their murders. Now, you've got people dying all around you, and you join in the fray and start murdering people. But I think the murders here is... Have you ever noticed how many babies are aborted around the world? How many... How many babies are murdered every single day around the world? Yet everybody says it's a good thing. Women's rights. But what about the baby's rights? I mean, please forgive me. Who's going to speak up for the baby? So, Pastor, are you anti-abortion? Oh, most assuredly. Most assuredly. My daughter was rescued from an abortion clinic. The woman was going in to have an abortion. And some church people were out front and offered her an alternative. Shasha existed then. So please forgive me. Abortion is wrong. If, if you don't want to raise a child, give them to somebody who wants to. Murders, sorceries. Have you noticed, and young people, please, don't, don't hate me, but young people, please. Like a, like a, a crab in a pot where the temperature slowly comes up. Young people, you're being preconditioned to accept witchcraft and sorcery with all the cartoons, all the anime, all the video games. You, you should never be watching things on TV that involve witchcraft and sorcery. And you should never be playing video games that involve witchcraft and sorcery. These things are just conditioning you that these things are real and right. So they wouldn't repent of their sorceries. Sexual immorality. Thefts. Now, sexual immorality and thefts are funny ones to me. Yes, they are part of the Ten Commandments. But every time I read it, I, I think of a story my Uncle Lester told me. Uncle Lester said, you know, David, and you know Uncle Lester, he could be very curt. And we were discussing some preachers that had been falling. He said, you know, he said, it always amazes me. Christians will accept a preacher who steals, but not one who commits adultery. The world will accept adultery, and say that's fine, but they will not accept theft. He said, woe to the preacher, because this preacher we were talking about was stealing and adultery. He said, you know, nobody's going to help this guy. But it's very true. Now, sexual immorality, I don't need to preach about. You, you hear me talk about that all the time. It's wrong. But stealing, estafa. We, we, we Christians, we maybe because we grew up poor, we, we begin to think, well, you know, maybe they had a need or da 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 you know. But no, stealing is always wrong. Whether it's stealing in a construction project or whether it's stealing from your office at work, whether it's stealing from the restaurant that you work in, stealing is always wrong. When I was a young man, you knew I grew up really, really bad. 
And I stole a lot. I shoplifted as a kid, starting around 11 years old. And one day, I went back to the area where I grew up. This is many years ago, maybe 30 plus years ago. And I went back to visit my brother. And I'd rented a car. And I drove by this big department store where I, where I used to steal things. And I went up to the manager and I said, sir, you don't know me. You have no idea who I am. It's been a long time. I said, well, when I was a little boy, I used to come in here and shoplift. And I said, now I'm born again and God has saved me and I want to make it right. And I gave the guy like $500. Now, there's no way I would have stolen $500 all that time. And I said, I want you to put this in the fund and just say, this is a, a former shoplifter who is coming back. And I said, I don't know how you're going to stick it in your books, but I said, I want to make this right. And the guy looked at me with tears coming down his face. He said, I've never seen anything like this in my life. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, my wife recently got born again and she's going to church. And he said, I'm really against it. He said, I think I'm going to go to church with her next Sunday. Now, Christians, the stealing's got to stop. You and I have got to learn to respect the property rights of other people. When God has blessed somebody with something, it's theirs. And we shouldn't be trying to take what's theirs. That's covetousness as well as stealing. I would encourage you today, just make up your mind to be honest. Don't steal. No estafa. Please. During the Great Tribulation, these people will not repent of their murders, their witchcraft, their sorceries, their sexual immorality, or their stealing. And because of that, judgment continues to get worse. All right, let's open up our hearts and spend some more time in worship. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down in your soul. I know a place where mercy flows, take the stains, make you wider than snow. Like a tide, it is rising up deep inside the current that grows and
Our Old Testament passage today picks up in Obadiah chapter 1. The vision of Obadiah. Thus says the Lord God concerning Edom. Now remember who Edom is. These are the descendants of Esau. We have heard a report from the Lord, and a messenger has been sent among the nations. Rise up. Let us rise up against her for battle. Behold, I will make you small among the nations. You shall be utterly despised. Wow. All right, so God destroys reputation. This is part of God's judgment. This is a judgment. Now, sometimes we blame other people for this, but God says, you know what? There are times that you do things, and God says, I'm going to make you small. I'm going to make you little in other people's eyes, and I'm going to make you despised. The pride of your heart has deceived you. You who live in the cleft of the rocks in your lofty dwelling, who say in your heart, who will bring me down to the ground? So here's the pride. And remember, pride comes before a fall. Pride comes before a fall. So they got proud and God says, all right, I'm going to bring down your name. I'm going to bring down your reputation. You know, I've watched God do this with people. And you know what? They blame everybody else for it, but this has got to work. Though you soar aloft like an eagle, though your nest is among the stars, from there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. If thieves came to you, if plunderers came by night, how you would have been destroyed. Would they not steal only enough for themselves? If grape gatherers came to you, would they not leave gleanings? How Esau has been pillaged, his treasures sought out. His treasures sought out. All your allies have driven you to your border. Those at peace with you have deceived you. They have prevailed against you. Those who eat your bread have set a trap beneath you. You have no understanding. Now this is, this is a sad story, okay? I mean, all of these people that I thought were friends, suddenly, they're the ones destroying them. Will I not on that day, declares the Lord, destroy the wise men of Edom and the understanding out of Mount Esau? And your mighty men shall be dismayed, O Teman, so that every man from Mount Esau will be cut off by slaughter? Because of the violence done to your brother Jacob. Wow. Here's the cause. Here's the cause. The war against Israel. Esau had destroyed Israel. Because of the violence done to your brother Jacob, shame shall cover you. You shall be cut off forever. On the day that you stood aloof, on the day the stranger carried off his wealth and the foreigners entered his gates and cast lots for Jerusalem, you were like one of them. You joined these people wanting to destroy what was mine. God said, listen, you you stood aloof. You just, you just stood there. You made yourself one of these people who just enjoyed watching the destruction of my work and my people. Do not gloat over the day of your brother in the day of his misfortune. Do not rejoice over the people of Judah in the day of their ruin. Do not boast in the day of distress. Do not enter the gates of my people in the day of their calamity. Do not gloat over his disaster in the day of his calamity. Do not loot his wealth 
in the day of his calamity. Now notice, in the day of his misfortune, in the day of their ruin, in the day of their distress, in the day of their calamity, in the day of their calamity, in the day of their calamity, in the day of their distress. Now, now brothers and sisters, judgment flows, but we never join, we never rejoice. When you see judgment come upon people who have worked hard to destroy you, never rejoice, never be happy. Never, never join, never join and never rejoice. In my life, many times I've watched people rise up against me. And, you know, then I see them later and their lives are shriveled up, destroyed lives. I've resolved in my heart to feel nothing but pity for them and feel nothing but sorrow for them. I will never lift my finger to destroy them. I will not lift my voice to hurt them, nor will I lift my heart to be glad. I will weep for them and mourn for them. You see, brothers and sisters, God is a God of mercy. And God doesn't like it when we rejoice over people's pain who have hurt us. Okay? You're just going to have to get a hold of that. The compassion of God. Yes, the judgment of God and the holiness of God requires judgment. But the mercy and the compassion and the love of God, there's no enjoyment in it. And he does not want to see enjoyment in us either when we watch people who have come against us destroyed. Verse 15, For the day of the Lord is near upon all the nations. As you have done, it shall be done to you. Your deeds shall return to your head. Reap what sowed. You reap what you sowed. As you have done, it shall be done. Your deeds shall return on your own head. For as you have drunk on my holy mountain, so all nations shall drink continually. They shall drink and swallow, and shall be as though they have never been. All right. He said, as you have drunk on my holy mountain, that's Jerusalem. He said, you, you drank up there. You, you enjoyed watching Jerusalem destroyed. He said, one time. He said, these nations who come against you will drink continually. So reaping more than sowed. But in Mount Zion, there shall be those who escape. Wow. There's the remnant. And it shall be holy, and the house of Jacob shall possess their own possessions. I noticed, he said, you're going to lose everything, Edom, but they're going to possess their own possessions. The house of Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau stubble. They shall burn them and consume them, and there shall be no survivor for the house of Esau, for the Lord has spoken. Those of the Negev shall possess Mount Esau, and those of the Shephelah shall possess the land of the Philistines. They shall possess the land of Ephraim and the land of Samaria, and Benjamin shall possess Gilead. The exiles of this host of the people of Israel shall possess the land of the Canaanites as far as Zarephath, 
and the exiles of Jerusalem who are in Shepharad shall possess the cities of the Negev. Saviors shall go up to Mount Zion to rule Mount Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. Esau is going to lose everything. Israel will be restored with a remnant. Now, again, the big, the big takeaway from this passage is don't, don't join in others who are destroying people, even when God's judgment is on them, even when you see the hand of God against somebody. Don't, don't lift your voice and don't lift your hand in destruction and don't lift your heart in, oh, thank God they're finally getting theirs. Don't ever do that. The judgment and the holiness of God requires judgment. But the mercy and the compassion of God never enjoys it. And you and I should be like him and never enjoy it in Jesus' name. All right, so our Old Testament passage was a little shorter today. I want to see you tonight.